0: Hey everyone, James Hicks here from Hicks New Media. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Collective. It is what November seventeenth. I'm back in the mainland. I'm, I'm glad that all the buttons that I pushed worked. It's it, it's been about two weeks since uh, since I've done this, so I'm I'm, uh, I'm glad that it's like riding a bike and being able to get back into the swing of things. I'm not going to beat around the bush, and I'm going to be cognizant of time. Today I have Larry O'Connor with me today. He is the I almost don't need to do an introduction because a lot of folks in the technology world know who this guy is. He's the founder and CEO of Otherworld Computing, OWC. Larry started OWC back in the late 80s. I think 88 was was the year and and since since then his companies his prop digital properties have really been the kind of the, one of the go-to resources for all things peripherals all things storage memory and various other upgrades and equipment within the Mac ecosystem heck I think the first thing I was trying to think about this the first thing that actually I may have bought from OWC or Mac Say, Mac sales was some RAM for my old PowerBook G4 a 17 inch Mac MacBook. So a lot of folks old school will probably remember that. I'm gonna bring Larry on. We're going to talk about what's going on with the company in terms of uh, products, announcements, services, and things of that. Uh, Talk a little bit about um, protocols in terms of uh, Thunderbolt 3 versus Thunderbolt 4, what that means and how OWC, Mac Sales, and all the other properties within the organization are addressing those connectivity needs for uh, users. So that being said, let me bring on Mr. Larry O'Connor, how are you, sir?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, James. Really, really appreciate it. Great, great to be here and talking to you.
0: No worry, sir. No. I, I mean, again, flashing back, right? Again, the old 17-inch MacBook G4. I, again, I swear, I, I lugged that thing around like like it was, you know. I don't know. It was, it was huge, but you know, it was definitely. I'm, I'm gonna call it a status symbol. But I, the first thing that I did when I when I got it was did the upgrade, and you were the first person that I bought some upgrades for, at the old Mac World conference in Moscone Center, where I picked it up from from the booth. So those days are gone, but hopefully they come back eventually soon, right?
1: We're hoping. I mean, NAB is going to be next year. Yeah, I'm not a CES is not really. I thought I'd say it's kind of a a different kind of show, but yeah, NAB and Nam is a fantastic show. It has that feeling of MacWorld, but I do miss the MacWorld shows.
0: That's true. That's true. I'm actually going to be at CES uh, this year. Looking forward to it, kind of nervous because again, we we, we've been on hiatus for about 15 months in 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 the world, but it's going to be an interesting uh, experience for sure. I I tell you what. Let let me backtrack a little bit. I gave kind of the high level elevator pitch, and I'd like for if you could tell the folks that are listening, watching, and hearing who Larry O'Connor is, and who and what OWC is from from a corporate perspective, so they get kind of a, an understanding of what that means as well.
1: Sure. I mean, how do I say? You know, I'm the the founder and CEO of the World Computing. You know, I certainly I consider myself a technologist, space buff. You know. I also have a, a family with four kids and I've really been fortunate to be able to build a company that today you know, spans the globe and is out providing solutions that you know, we certainly believe everybody needs. And as an organization, you know, OWC is very customer focused. I mean, we know we're here for our customers, we're here because of our customers, and the solutions have always been you know, customer-driven. You know, today we we still support you know, Max. And you know, some PCs, but mainly Macs are you know, going back you know, two decades plus, as well as all the latest Macs. And that's with memory, solid state drives, you know, other internal service components. We've got solutions that you know, keep these systems going, you know, provide the aftermarket you know, means to upgrade service and, and keep them rolling strong. And, and the other, uh, how to say, pillar corner. Uh, we provide extremely high performance external storage everything from single drive up to you know multi-drive arrays direct attached all the way up to enterprise storage so pretty much everything in between i mean people you know, use our solutions everything from backup to you know, major motion you know, picture television audio production and something we've always worked really hard to do and this is kind of an interesting uh, listen to the conference you know people talk about prosumer you know, we've really worked to bring, you know, enterprise class, you know, professional class product, you know, into the market where everybody has access to it. You know, whether you're at home doing photography, editing and music or video, you know, you have a drone. I mean, you're doing, you know, how they say the, uh, the go cams, whatnot, yeah. and the heroes, all these, you know, all the way up to, again, you are working with the reds or black magic or areas, you know, that even hiring cameras, you know, our solutions are built for everybody, and we really worked to, to put them out in, in a way that everybody has access to them. Even a decade ago, we had the first rate buy that was under you know, $1,000 with high capacity for people with big ph- photography libraries. Doesn't sound like anything crazy today, but it was huge. I mean, we cut that, the cost by you know about 75% versus anything else out there, and there was a big demand and a big need for it. It's always about performance and quality viability and, and solutions that you can trust and the last I put out there I talk about hardware a lot you know beyond the storage, we also have the docks for connectivity and different various adapters for Thunderbolt but going back to storage and actually everything that we do software is really an underpinning that makes everything we do possible and the software solutions that we now incorporate with with our hardware I mean, I mean they're, honestly, they're killer. And I mean, this is software, you know, to talk about storage, software in particular, that not only drives really high performance from all these internal electro storage devices, but also makes sure your data is safe. You, know, you really honestly can't trust, you know, hardware detection, certainly not unless you go up to a really expensive enterprise-level product out there that's, you know, many, how do I say, multiples more than, you know, what you know the product i'm talking about you know cost today but these solutions are monitoring your drive's health you know making sure data is flowing right and way before a drive fails way before smart tells you there's something wrong which is at that point it's too late you're already seeing crashes you may already have corruption you know our stuff our our software will tell you there's a drive that should be replaced and I love telling this story, and I, I'll stop talking for a minute. Now,
0: bit. look, you're, you are the one that's here, and, and, and I see folks that are, are joining from various platforms. Uh, I see Miss Eileen Smith here, and she is also a technologist who knows what's going on. I, I want to backtrack a little bit, though, and talk a little bit in context about, and, and I kind of talked about this in, in the in the opening, the digital properties, the digital presences, right? So it's it's not just OWC. There's max sales. There's OWC digital. There's soft rate. So kind of the umbrella of the overall organization. If if you can kind of go into that so folks know that all of these entities are part of OWC, if you don't mind.
1: Sure. Well, we are relaunching, you know, most of this under OWC.com. You know, okay. over the past years and we, we have soft, we have Mac Drive, we have, you know, Soft you know, OWC Digital we put online is, you know, really provide a, a good a good place to support our channel. That was you know, started a few years ago. But OWC.com will bring everything together. LumaForge is part of the the family. You know, it's it's, it's you know we, now we also took on uh, Argest and and Brew from the Tolas Group. So a key deal was in acquisition a few years ago. You know, we brought a lot of great technologies together. You know, under OWC. you know these are things that you know we could take further or took our products further, our solutions further. You know, everything for the benefit of our customers. But you know, software it again drives all of our all of our service devices, you know, Mac drive and, and that team have actually enabled us to take our Mac storage and make it very easy to interoperate you know, between a Mac and a PC. In fact, software for Windows you know, now lets you take your any software vine from a Mac, pretty much any revine from a Mac for that matter, and connect it right onto a Windows machine, which for certain workflows mm-hmm. is important. Yeah. If the ingest is being done on a Mac, and certain editing parts are being done on the Mac, but you need delivery to a PC. You know, software for PC, for, for the read function doesn't cost anything. So now it's very, very easy for a customer, for a user, you know, for whatever, whatever the need may be to see that data go back and forth between a Mac and a PC without, without extra complication, you know, Brew and the just, you know, I couldn't believe when I would say, you know, the, the pandemic was a challenge There's, I mean, lots of obviously challenges in general, but, you know, Argest and the, the brew, uh, you know, archival software is, it's been a big piece of uh, workflows for, you know, literally decades and bringing you know, the, them into the equation, you know, with our LTO and our LTO library, you know, off, offerings. I mean, that was, that's huge. And we we have a lot more uh, coming along with, uh, coming out along with Brew and Argest, you know, can just go on and on and on and on. <laughs> You're we definitely make it simpler. You know, we're at the end of the day, we don't want to confuse and complicate with all these different, units, but we've really built a, a I what I consider to be an amazing team of you know just you know some of the best people in the world when it comes to the hardware and the software. And that comes together to give our customers something that, you know, very few if, if any can offer.
0: That's that's true. And, and you know that there, that should definitely be highlighted, right? And I, I don't want to gloss over that. The fact again that you've been around since eighty eight and, and again really been one of those go to uh resources for all things and everything upgrades, especially from Mac perspective. But it's interesting to hear that you said you also have kind of cross platform connectivity, right? So, so it's, it's not just Apple slash Mac uh, functions and capabilities you get, you have, you actually have something for, for the PC market and PC world as well. One other thing that you, that you mentioned, I, I think again, should not be kind of overlooked was the the price points, right? Again, high quality gear, high quality um, support uh protection and things of that nature but you you don't need to take out a loan to to get one of your one one of your arrays or anything right one of your one of your storage units so talk a little bit about that because i think that's really has been kind of a forefront in terms of the of the um, the uh the strategy for for owc right just making sure that you have high quality gear for for the consumer uh, at a price point that actually can, can be afforded as a, and, I, and we're not going to necessarily mention it, any names of anything out there as well, but again, your, your gear is, is fantastic. Right. And, and again, test of, standing the test of time and you've got folks that are giving reviews and giving uh high, high praise to it for, for all this period of time, uh, wanting to get you to talk on their streams, because again, yeah. we've got OWC gear running with, within our, within our environment. So I guess t- talk to us again, I guess about, your focus on the end consumer as opposed to always just those, those enterprise organizations or those, those enterprise shops as well.
1: You know, the enterprise and I'm not going to, I mean, enterprise customers are very, very important to us. I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's really exciting. It's fun to see the, uh, you know, the projects that, you know, our gear gets used. I mean, you, you know, whether you go to the movies or, you know, turn on the TV and see something that's like, you know, our stuff was behind the, was behind the as the scenes and that I was involved in the editing, the VFX, whatever it may have been. Having said that, you know, we built everything, you know, for everybody at that level. It's just how we are. And you know, if you go back, you know, 20 years, you know, we had choices. I mean, there's absolute, you know, niches we could have focused in on, you know, built product, you know, in smaller quantity, just gone after those customers. And I'm not saying it is necessarily a, a, a bad way to go, but the result as a being, and we build an awesome product and we put all our energy into you know we we set a price point based on you know this is the budget for how many we're going to sell and we have to sell it at x price to make it a go and then you can it was not really a trap but i mean that's one way to go about it you know we looked at the market and talked to our customers understood what you know customers wanted and also understood at the time there really wasn't anything super affordable that met that uh, customer need customer want And taking not so much a risk, but, you know, when you scale up from 100 to 1,000 or 10,000 units and you can amortize that engineering, the certifications, everything that goes into bringing a product to market, suddenly, I mean, we can, the strategy is, okay, let's, we need to sell 100 way up here or, hey, let's build something where we're selling thousands and we can offer it to everybody. So it's still meeting the high-end enterprise need, but it's also can be in a price point. Know, for everybody, which means we can actually get it out and, and turn it we're, we've always been about making. you know, we want to keep machines, you know, maximize your machine in terms of its investment value and, and be able to deliver the most possible in other hardware as well. So, we didn't build for a small niche, you know, we really built these products so that everybody has access to them. And as long as you know, we continue reading, and we're not always 100% perfect, but as long as we're understanding our customers correctly. You know, we've been certainly. I think we've been really good about bringing products out that people do want. And in, in terms of the commitment, the risk, however you want to, however you want to note it, yeah, you know, we've been able to provide these solutions at at the right price point, so that yeah, well, we, we maintain the volume, we maintain those goals, and so we can keep keep these great products coming.
0: I love it. I love it, folks. I, I see you jumping in. Look, if you got a question, put a Q in front of it. We've got Larry O'Connor here. This is a once in a lifetime type of an opportunity for us to get to the top of the mountain of OWC. Oh, so, <laughs> I'm happy to
1: come
0: on again. <laughs> look, look, you know, look, man, you know, I've, I've been following you ever since the day one at the beginning, right? So I'm just, I'm thrilled that that you're here. I, I want to. Um, I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't ask what the last fifteen to seventeen months or so has done, right, to to OWC, and 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 if that plus or the the chip issue, right? Has caused delays from a from a supply chain perspective or whatever the case may be. How how was the company coming out of that, right? Coming out of again the the pandemic era and then what, what we're seeing from a supply chain perspective? Um, I don't know if you have something that you can maybe to share with us?
1: I say, you know, we're probably less impacted than some others. I mean, we early on, I mean we've long been, you know, to say not quite adjust in time we stock a lot of the key components and we got ahead of the curve we you know early on when we saw things coming we definitely uh, were aggressive in making sure that we had components for you know what our forecasts were the biggest challenges since then of course have been you know factory shutdowns which delayed product you know other aspects you know there's there might be you know 50 different you know critical components in a solution that can't be interchanged you know we're taking care of the long lead time and the ones that Shouldn't need to be covered but you know we're still working in manufacturing sites on common components and it's crazy some of the things that we're you know really we really have been you know keeping us up at night the last few weeks to make sure we can bring supply in and have supply are where you know, you know these many of these factories you know, that we that should have had their components you know months ago i mean the, the forecasts are in the timing's all lined up well you know they waited to the last minute they didn't they they acted like it was 2019 and it's kind of a blind side because everything is flowing you know you know, we manufacture you know more than one solution. A lot of these facilities, and suddenly there's one item where they go, oh yeah, this component we need this component that isn't there. You know, this is this is this is a PO from a year ago. This is all supposed to be on the schedule. <laughs> when did you order it? You know, we've got the big stuff, the main stuff. Yeah, but it's yeah. one component can stop. You know, it doesn't matter. You got you can have 29 out of 30, and you know, everything is on hold. Or you're dealing it. It's really retraining some of the uh, the partners that we have. Know, to keep that optionality. You know, we had the push hard, we realized what one company uh, we worked with didn't have, you know, they also manage our, the, uh, the tooling and the manufacture of the, the metal casing for us. Well, they didn't have a component, we had everything else and they weren't sure, based on when they thought they could get that component, they didn't, uh, you know, our enclosure wasn't being you know, manufactured. You know, that's it, it's been interesting, you know, again, retraining and keeping everybody moving and by and large it's it's been good. The newer products have suffered the most. We didn't have forecasts, you know, on some of these items because they didn't exist and they weren't even certified yet. And as we got to the end of even you know 2020, you know, well into this you know, fun scenario. And then as we got things running with certification and started to put forecasts. And you have a, a lead time go from and this is even from late last year, go from twenty four weeks to forty weeks to you know, in some cases eighty weeks. Wow. Started twenty four and now it's eighty weeks today. Wow. You know, you know we're pretty aggressive and, and active all over the place trying to you know i should say trying i'd say you know, pretty successfully sourcing what we need to keep things flowing but it went from this being a real smart a real small part of the uh, the operation to you know, a very time consuming portion just to keep everything in line and rolling and it's it has hurt some of the you know the popular products docks in particular you know both the newer docks and even our 14 port dock know, it, it, it's been a challenge just. there's so many components, too so many different chipsets involved. It, it's, it's just takes one. And again, you, you know, the manufacturer, you know, they you know, nobody really own, very few companies own their own fabs anymore. Right. So they're giving lead time and you know, suddenly delivery is supposed to happen. And you know, they, they come back, their stuff didn't get built, didn't come off the, uh, the line. And now they're saying it's another 20 weeks and then the bane of your angle. existence
0: it sounds like man the bane of your existence
1: <laughs> it's fun and never mind sea and everything else and you know you see on the news they're going to do all these things extend the port hours in Los Angeles i think that's wonderful but it doesn't solve the problem of where those those containers go after they unload them you know it's you can see the ships that's an easy thing you can see off the coast, you know, looking outside Long Beach and whatnot. Right. Actually, there's some funnies, you know, early Black Friday, you know, they'll they'll get on the beach and swim out. Just just swim out
0: to the port, right? Because all the stuff is there anyway, right?
1: Oh my god. Have them unload, but we don't have, you know, there's a shortage of truck drivers, you know, of trucks, it's not even truck drivers. You know, California's got some laws that make it that limit the number of truck drivers they can operate in the state. They have yeah. the shortage of chassis. You know, there's a video of a just move. They had to move a chassis. There's a video of a truck dragging a chassis. Kind of with the joke, on. that'll work with the short thing You can't redo really that on the highway. Yeah, but it's all sorts of just crazy things that have compounded and, and come together.
0: Yeah, you know, you know, that, better, that piece right still there, a that because you know, a lot of us we, we don't get that backstory, right? We we hear what we hear from the news in terms of. Yeah, there, there's shortages of, of stuff coming over from from overseas. We, we've got ships out there in the port of of uh, Los Angeles, San Diego, New Orleans, things of that nature. But but I appreciate you for for going behind the curtain, right, and telling us how it really affects businesses that we engage with, that we expect products and and and, and uh, items from. So you know that behind the scenes piece is, is appreciative. Hopefully, all of this starts clearing up and working out before, before too long. And hopefully we don't have to swim out there and go and get our own gear off of the, off of those boats. Um,
1: well, just know that everybody who's bringing product, if it's, you know, we, we do as much as we can in North America. And I, I do look forward to the day when the supply chain, talk about just the electronic, the component supply chain and the, everything that's involved with you know manufacturing electronics is, you know, much stronger in the U S yeah. our memory and our solid state drives, you know, the vast majority are built in North America, but the more complex, I say more complex electronics, it's not about the complexity of the, uh, the actual design is the, is the complexity of the bomb. You know, how many different components Got you. when you get to, you know, memory and cell so say drives have a lot of components, but mostly this, I mean, they're, it's, it's a simpler set of components versus a Thunderbolt solution or a dock that has, that depends on multiple, you know, actual functional ICs. But anybody that's bringing product in right now is paying a huge premium you know, to have those goods on their shelf that they're coming from overseas. And even in the US, you know, we're dealing with delay stuff that should take, you know, call it, you know, two or three days by truck. You know, sometimes it's seven to ten days. If it's a normal week plus route, you know, it can be three weeks. You know, there's all sorts of crazy things going on. Like yeah. I said, chassis. I mean you have to you got the truck, you got the truck driver. You then have the chassis which is needed, you know, for the container to go on, you know, and be pulled by the truck. You know, it doesn't, you know, you're not going to be moving that container <laughs> too far. I love it. You know, all of these things are, you know, are there and, you know, th- overseas. I mean, what used to be three and a half weeks, you know, from, you know, basically from port to, you know, our dock, you know, on a container coming from overseas is now two to three months. Wow. Depending. Wow. You know, it's, it's nuts. And they can blame the swells, can I they can blame all sorts of things, but ultimately, you know. I say how can you blame the, the, the canal back? Now, that wasn't that that has some short term impacts, but there was already a line of ships at true, the ports. True. So that's shorter for a little while. That's and then true. you know those ships rushed out and they were right back in line.
0: That's, that's and we, we keep talking about that all you all we want to. <laughs> I, I love that deep deep uh dive discussion here. But, but let's get into the some of this uh gear. And and I saw uh Kevin Cox's statement there about he's loving his Thunderbolt three and Thunderbolt four docks. What is out there? Uh, do you, you want to talk about the variation or differences between Thunderbolt three, and Thunderbolt four, and kind of the um, how that's utilized in the new M one Max? You want, you want to kind of go into that kind of discussion, or you want, you want to talk specifically about what OWC has on on the website for for sale today about uh, within those technologies?
1: We can. Cover a bit of all of that, and I it, it's all, look, it's, Man,
0: I got my cup of coffee. I'm, I'm back in the United States. I am all yours right now, brother. I am all, <laughs> I'm all yours. You know,
1: Thunderbolt three versus Thunderbolt four is probably one of the most confusing things. You know, mm-hmm. in terms of you know, just conversation out there that didn't need to be. And I kind of always start by saying, more than anything else, Thunderbolt four was a needed marketing. You know, line in the sand for the PC Windows side of the fence. Interesting. Now if you're a Mac user, which I am, and I would I believe the majority of your listeners are. Yeah. If you have a Thunderbolt Type-C port on your Mac, whether it's a 2016 Mac or the latest Mac, it is fully featured. It'll support up to about well, 2018 and later for 8K, but that's know there's no Buying the AK, yeah, uh, everything twenty six, and everything that has a Thunderbolt three port, a Thunderbolt sized USB four port, or a, uh, I got a. There is one caveat there. I'll, I'll touch. See, this is you know, the other. thing. now, now we're getting thing.
0: into the weeds, and I, I swear, before you even go in, there, I, I swear, I hope someone go wake up, Sean. Uh, Boyd, because uh, I, I know he he's probably twitching his thumbs uh, his, his thumbs right now because we like to go kind of deep into that. And I know you had kind of that discussion when you were on his stream as well not too long ago but
1: <laughs> go ahead well, I'm trying to refine it because every time I try to make it I think I'm gonna make it simple I overcomplicate it but I think I'm gonna I think I'll do a better job today now at the end of the day Apple did the full implementation of Thunderbolt 3 40 gigabit on every Mac that they ship with Thunderbolt 3. Yeah. Some of the earlier models you know, may have a 20 gigabit, at least in the very first ones, had 40 gigabit on one side and 20 gigabit on another side. But all the Intel Macs with Thunderbolt 3 supported two 4K displays, for, supported at least you know, one port of 40 gigabits, supported all the different functions and capabilities that Thunderbolt 3 promised to offer. In 2018, Ridge came out, which added support for, uh, for 8K video. Now, the systems after that technically all support 8K as well. And devices with a a Thunderbolt, uh, a Titan Ridge chipset, which we don't need to go into details of. 8K is, you know, that's a whole other other thing. But Apple did it right. And when Mac OS 11 came out, and this has happened before, when Titan Ridge came out in 2018, you had to upgrade to, I believe it was 1013, to have proper Titan Ridge support. Machines that are pre-1013 actually sort of work with Titan Ridge uh, devices, but it's really you need technically you need 1013 for that chipset to be enabled. Thunderbolt 4, you know, really was something for the PC side to say: if you're going to be a PC with Thunderbolt 4, you have to do all these things that, well, you could have been doing. Prior, You have to support two 4K displays or a single 8K. You have to be 40 gigabits. You have to support power delivery. You know, a lot of PCs with Thunderbolt three don't do, don't support power delivery. You know things you know of that Type C port. Yeah, that's huge. So these things, I mean, Intel kind of cleaned up, you know, their backyard or their their front yard for that matter, and kind of making it Thunderbolt simple on the PCs because there's a lot of the Thunderbolt experience on a Mac is. Is pretty darn exceptional. I mean, it's it's yeah. close to perfect. Is anything else I can imagine? The Thunderbolt experience on a PC is a disaster with Thunderbolt three. I mean, it's hit. It's very hit or miss. Some things that should work don't work depending on the PC because they don't allocate the PCIe lanes. You know, the way they there's no dedicate, it, it, The bottom line is, it was a mess on the PC, and Thunderbolt four cleans that up. Now, Thunderbolt four also brought us a couple of new chipsets. Now, actually, one in particular for devices, and that's Goshen Ridge, which is what lets us do our Thunderbolt Hub and our Thunderbolt 4 dock that also has the additional Thunderbolt ports. For years, we've wanted to be able to have more Thunderbolt ports on our Mac, and the OWC Thunderbolt Hub and our Thunderbolt dock with nine ports, three of which are downstream for uh, for uh, for Thunderbolt 3. I'm oh, sorry, Thunderbolt 3 or 4. You know, actually do that. This is the first chipset that supported that, and in, able to, and in order to be able to utilize this dock or the hub, you have to be on OS 11. Mac OS 11 adds support you know, required for this new chipset. Even though it's a Thunderbolt 3, it doesn't matter if it's Thunderbolt 3, Thunderbolt 4, I mean, this it, it, it's, it's really immaterial with, in, in terms of, you know, how do I say, well, it being 40 gigabit Thunderbolt. Again, Thunderbolt 4, kind of more of a marketing thing. You know, that's why we didn't call this the Thunderbolt 4 dock, you know, right. kind of Thunderbolt dock, and Thunderbolt hub, because if you're running, it requires OS 11, but whether you plug it into an M1 Mac or a PC or an M1 Max Mac, everything works the same. Now, the only caveat, people ask, well, why did Apple call her M1 Mac Mini and MacBook Air and, and even the iMac 24-inch? You know, why is that? You know, not Thunderbolt four. Why is it Thunderbolt slash USB four? Know, I'm not going to get into the can of worms that USB four is, <laughs> but Thunderbolt four, when until you know, announce it, does require that the computer support two 4K displays off Thunderbolt port. The M1 is only able to support a single display via right. Thunderbolt. Intel Max, again, going all the way back to 2016, do support two. 4K displays, but the M1s are kind of in that, that, you know, that, that no man's land where they fortunately uh, only support a single display. So they could not call that. They couldn't consider that a, th- they couldn't use the Thunderbolt 4 uh, nomenclature. Does it change anything? No, it's Thunderbolt 40 gigabits. Okay. All of these are Thunderbolt 40 gigabits. The biggest thing is, you know, you have the ability to add ports with a Thunderbolt 4 chipset, which. You know, Titan Ridge could have been called Thunderbolt 3.5 if they wanted to. But Titan Ridge, you know, added all sorts of great capabilities, including 8K support. So it's, it's more, again, Thunderbolt 4 kind of confuses things. But you know, I should also, uh, you know, call out you don't want necessarily for high performance things. You know, we are going to, we do have a Thunderbolt 4 storage device coming out that's a mini stack. Which is just about to be announced. So, this is live. This is well, I'm actually uh, jumping the gun on uh, a press release It's not here yet. Love yet. It. But the, the Mini Stack will be our first store, our first Thunderbolt 4 storage device, customer's device that will have internal uh, hard it's got a hard drive, support for hard drive, uh, an NVMe M.2 blade. And then, in addition oh, wow. to storage, it gives you three uh, Thunderbolt ports. So, you can add additional, th- it's a, basically a hub plus storage in one. Now, we're not going to do a whole big, you know, rollout of Thunderbolt 4 storage. I mean, people ask us. In fact, I remember when Thunderbolt 4 came out, those first announced. You know, somebody's like, "Gosh, your Flex 8, which our Flex 8 is an amazing uh, solution, or Thunder Bay Flex 8." It's, I mean, it is. I mean, it, it is. I have no problem saying it's awesome. I mean, check it out. I mean, it's it's like there was nothing else out there in terms of literally little, flex, literally flexible. You know, to just about any need configuration you you could imagine, but to the point it's, it's a Thunderbolt 3, uh, you know, based solution yet customers are like, gosh, it's too bad that's not Thunderbolt 4. You know, if it <laughs> just waited till Thunderbolt 4 came out and you guys made it a Thunderbolt 4 device, it's like, well, we technically could do that today, but it would literally be 75% slower. And why is that with th- with, again? Because it's really Thunderbolt 3 and Thunderbolt 4, they're 40 gigabit. I mean, they are 40 gigabit interfaces period. The Thunderbolt 4 chipsets are really only designed for use where either you have a relatively low bandwidth, you know, how do I say, device need, and next to that, you can add, you know, more Thunderbolt ports. So for adding a physical hard drive that's going to be less than 1,000 megs a second, or an NVMe because you want IOPS and, you know, it's still an SSD is has other benefits, even if you're not going more than 1,000 megs a second, it's fine. But if you need high-performance servers where you're pushing that nearly 3 gigabytes a second then that are... Iron storage pushes over. You can't do that with today's device chipsets. And you probably won't see device chipsets for a long time to do it because, well, I guess why? Titan Ridge, which is a Thunderbolt 3 chipset in the Flex A, in the Thunder Bay 8, in a lot of our storage solutions, already gives you all the capabilities that Thunderbolt is capable of, already maxes out that, that Thunderbolt capability. You can't add more port, Thunderbolt ports. You get a downstream port. You can't add additional ports, but the trade-off for that is you give up PCIe lanes. Now you can only have one lane to your you. actual peripheral device and the other three lanes are needed for switching to support the, uh, making sure 40 gigabits continues to go downstream. So- I hope that helps you,
0: a bit, but no. You know what? You you are falling right in line with with the with the mission of the, the digital collective because the the idea is to get into much more deeper technology conversations, and that's exactly what it is. I'm just going to say that I'm glad that I'm on Mac because Mac did it right the first time. Let let me ask this question as well, and and I'm not sure if it if it's relevant or if it matters, but you know we, we keep talking about Intel. Are are there compatibility issues? for your products with folks that are running AMD processors?
1: If they have Thunderbolt on their AMD was the first uh, third party, uh, you know, before Apple even, to incorporate their own Thunderbolt implementation okay. on, on board. So the, the transfers know. Okay. AMD is, is, is great. Again, AMD did a good job. You know, they control it. There's not 50,000 different varieties out there with AMD, which helps so know, kudos! I have I have nothing bad to say about AMD. And as far as our products go, you know, for literally, you know, probably the last, you know, almost two decades now, you know, we've supported our solutions on both Mac and PC. You know, as you know, we build for Mac. There's definitely a higher, you know, threshold, a higher bar to to support there. I mean, in terms of certifications and just even some of the compatibility. But you know, what's you know, top of top of game for for Mac is you know even more incredible versus the you know, PC product on the other side. So okay. it's just what everything you buy for your Mac from OWC is also PC compatible, which is good to know. That's you know good we've to never know. really, it's not in there that we super promote, but again, we recognize people have you know, mixed environments, mixed right. workflows. You know, and we're certainly, uh, you know, we've, we've worked really hard to do uh, an even better job, especially with software, you know, making software universal you know, to have that you know, multi-platform you know, support and voice.
0: Awesome. And I'm, and I'm glad we're actually saying these out loud as, as opposed to just assuming them, especially for the listeners and the viewers, right? Again, that have those mixed environments. And, and I like the fact that you're, you're kind of delineating between kind of an everyday user, regular consumer user, and then kind of creatives, right? Who kind of need that higher end performance, who need that higher end connectivity. Not everybody needs it, but a lot of folks want it. It's, it's kind of that FOMO type of thing, fear of missing out. But the fact that your gear works with the latest technology without any issues from a performance from a scalability perspective, I think again, that's good to hear it coming from your mouth as opposed to folks just assuming when, when they go and actually try to acquire some of this equipment.
1: First, I should say, you know, we also try this for other folks as well. We're not, you know, we, you know, we really believe that we build the best hardware you know, for our customers. and But... You know, we're not trying to force you to uh, stick with us. I mean, our software works with other brand product. You know, it's our hardware. I mean, you can technically take, take your drives out, put them into another solution, you know, with software and and continue going on. I mean, we're not trying to lock you in. We want to give you that flexibility. And I'll, I'll say this as well. I mean, without naming the place, but you know, when you bring a drive into uh, a certain, you know, office centers and it's a Mac drive, an Apple formatted drive, and you just plug it into their their system and you're able to download your file and print or email or whatever you need to do at that office center, you know, you know depending upon where you go, you know, I don't know of any place it isn't, but, you know, these places also use our technology you know, to, support your, to support that Mac formatted drive.
0: I love so, that. Don't be humble. We you, you, can go say, <laughs> you don't. If you don't want to say the name, but just say, "Don't be humble." That, that's that's amazing that that you're you're out there. I don't know if I can say the name. That's all that's right. <laughs> I don't want to get you in trouble. I, I don't want to. That's that's all right. Uh, I do have a question here from the world's greatest uh, moderator. So appreciate you, Mister Cox. He says, "Does a new dual eight K display unit make it possible to have three monitors on an M1 Mini?" I'm not familiar with the new dual
1: eight K display unit. So I, I can't answer that question, but I don't believe the uh, the Mac Mini. You know, we'll see what Apple supports. Maybe one K, one AK display on an M1, but that'll be up to right now. The limitation is is more Apple than it is the, uh, I say that it is the hardware.
0: Yeah. But okay. on the
1: M1s, I mean, it'd, it'd be an easier answer, easier question to answer with a, I say a Mac Pro or a, an iMac, even with an, an eGPU box. But the M1 and the M1 Pro and M1 Max, you know, that's all. You know, Apple's, you know, Silicon on chip GPU technology. That's a, a brand new, uh, a brand new game. And Apple controls you know, the vertical. And they control the horizontal there. Makes know,
0: sense. literally. Makes sense. Yeah. And, and I, so I'm, I'm running Thunderbolt 4 connecting on my main display and HDMI out of that M1 Mac right now, Mac mini right now. So yeah, I'm not sure. I, I would love well, to go with
1: yeah, what a lot of people complain about you now, if you have a Mac Mini, every M1 supports technically two displays. Yes. It's either, you know, in the case of the Mac Mini, it's HDMI plus one via Thunderbolt. On um, the, the laptops and the 24 inch iMac, it's the built in display plus one via Thunderbolt. And you can, with Display Link, and we'll have a Display Link uh, solution as well that you know, effectively uh, tunnels the, the GPU over USB. But you'll be, you will be able to add another display, but natively, uh, you can only connect uh, just a single display via the, the Thunderbolt 4 port. I'm sorry, yeah, the Thunderbolt port, I should say, on the M1s. On the M1 Max and the M1 Pro, you know, Apple, they call it Thunderbolt 4 for a reason on those machines because they are meeting you know, the, the minimum requirement. They're meeting all the requirements for Thunderbolt 4 on those systems, including the multiple display.
0: Got you, got you. I want to... Talk a little bit, we, we, we talked a little bit about some of the, the, the drives and about some of the components. Uh, again, like I, I landed back in the US last night and it had some, some, some items show up. So, shout out to Larry O'Connor, this guy right here, uh, OWC, the Envoy Pro Electron.
1: I love that
0: product. External portable storage device. I could have used this in Mazatlan when I when I was editing video. It looks like this is going to be. Talk talk to us a little bit about what this is and, and why folks want to start thinking as the world opens up again. That, that's I, I want to focus kind of on content creators, right? Folks who are going to be. You should take it out of the box. The
1: box is actually. Well, I got to do the an unboxing. unboxing. Video.
0: I, I I keep getting told that I need to do more <laughs> unboxing videos, and and, I, and I've got FedEx and UPS behind me right now. It, it's 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 embarrassing. Uh,
1: Right on, right on. Yeah, just it's it's the thing is tiny and it's it's incredible. I mean, actually during development, you know, some of the early prototype actually went out, got in the car and ran it over a few times. And it's that is probably the most compact, one of the most compact, you know, I'd say nicest and absolutely most rugged drives that you're going to find in the market. I mean, it's it it will. Just whatever the only thing it didn't uh, the drive actually made it, but the uh, the unit did actually get some crush was with the steamroller on on uh, hard gas asphalt, not on asphalt. And you did that on purpose, wanted. right? Okay. But they, I mean, that that unit is, I mean, just about it can probably wow. uh, probably survive being run over by a tank. Certainly, you know, survive being run over by how to say some very large trucks.
0: Wait a minute, this this Let's is see. the whole thing. So, what what better time to do an unboxing than with the CEO, right? wow this this thing is incredibly small
1: it's up to two terabytes it's a bit over a thousand megs a second sustain i mean really fast you can even do 4k work you know on that product uh, it's works with anything type c it's also waterproof and dustproof so for being on the road and not having to worry about you know the safety of your data you know that drive is extremely fast so it means you can ingest you can copy duplicate you know backup whatever you need to do very very quickly yeah and it's it's going to take uh, you know, whatever just about whatever you throw at it.
0: Now let's see USB C. Or if we throw 2. it for whatever reason, well, I, I'll I won't. Yeah, I won't throw it under a steamroller like like you did. But I'll make sure to Now, does well,
1: this? We, the we didn't find anything that would actually crush it. I mean, it's very <laughs> it's it's pretty darn light and it's still extremely strong. But yeah, the steamroller on hard on a hard surface was a little too much. But the drive, the way it crushed, the actual drive inside was recoverable, which I thought was still pretty slick. Amazing.
0: Amazing. Are there different uh, capacities that come with this? Because I've I've got the one terabyte. Are Are there different capacities or can we upgrade the, is it just the, obviously we can't correct, no, we can't correct the enclosure. So,
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really built tight. I mean, you could technically, I mean, you know. Anybody you know, who knows what they're doing can certainly get into it and, and replace drive. It, it's this, on the low side. It's, it starts at two hundred forty gigs and goes up to two terabytes. Here we go. So the one terabyte is yeah, kind of right, right in between there.
0: Awesome, awesome. Small, waterproof. But it's built.
1: I mean, it's we, it, again, it's it's a waterproof solution. You know, there's, yeah, I say it's it's designed to dissipate heat. That's the other thing about our drives, the SSDs, external SSDs in particular. You know, these things don't, you know, number one, they have lots of runway, so they don't give you two seconds of high speed and then slow down, which that's what you, I mean, there's a reason drive. There's a reason when you see a cheap SSD, why that SSD is cheap. You know, they can advertise a really high. Uh, talk about right that.
0: Yeah, uh, let's, let's talk about it. Let's, let's differentiate uh, OWC versus, I couldn't mention names, but I don't want to make anyone mad. But but yeah, let's let's, let's talk about that there.
1: It's really easy to have a drive that goes a thousand megs a second or three thousand megs a second for you know the first you know few gigabytes. You know, all of our drives are built to provide sustained throughput at high speed throughout the capacity. You know, even our lower end drives, and I see lower end our, our electron, uh, two and a half inch SSDs and for the uh, yeah, for the other MacBooks and, and, and PCs that have SATA, you know, and I say lower end, I mean even those drives sustain uh, you know full speed, which is over five hundred megs a second, which max of a SATA bus you know for you know 20 to 25% of their capacity and this compares drives that boast great speeds but yeah after i mean literally 1 or 2% of the drive capacity so on a 500 gigabyte you now you get the 5 or 10 gigs of any kind of ingest or copy and mm-hmm. they slow down to less than 100 megs a second you know that's not how we build our product you know all of our solutions are built so that you actually get the performance you need you know throughout it's not kind of this you know, it looked fast for a second. Why is this taking an hour now to, to transfer? Yeah, it looks
0: good on the desk, but yeah, from a functionality perspective, I'm, I'm going to tell you one thing for sure. This is going to replace any and everything else that I had in my toolkit. Just knowing that it's quality and, and just the, the the size is, is honestly, I mean, I mean, again, from an aesthetic perspective, that right there, easy to store, easy to to, to, to put into the carry-on bag and things of that nature. So this this is... I can't wait to fire this up and put, put some some data on this and see how it, how it goes to its paces.
1: That's funny. A friend of mine came to me and he recommended one of our products. And I said, I'm going to go build my own. and I Whatever. He came back. My, my friend came back. I didn't know whether the guy bought what he bought or when he bought. But he came back uh, a couple weeks later and was talking about it. His, the solution his friend bought and uh, put together, the case melted in the product. And <laughs> it literally melted and stopped working because of the drive loop. Oops. Know, there's a reason we, we build our solutions. I mean, they, they dissipate heat, you know, they're they have the right. I mean, they're built so that they, in addition to taking, you know, outside abuse, you know, they're going to run reliably and not melt by the way, you know, during, you know, full load operation. And it's like, I was like, I felt bad. But I was like, yeah, well, when he explained what he bought, I said, there was a reason why that enclosure was you know, 20 bucks. You know, why? You get what you pay you know. for. You get
0: Get what you pay for.
1: We a lot do, of times. and you know, yeah, you know, we're not going to. Everything that we build, you know, certainly, I, I think we're extremely cost competitive. For you know, when it comes to the quality and, and the solution that you're getting, we're not going to be the cheapest out there, but we're also building things so that they last. Mm. Even the power supplies. I'll talk about power supplies for two seconds. If you look at the the power supply ratings, you know, with our solutions, you know, all of them are overpowered. When I say they're overpowered, they provide you know a lot more power typically than the drives inside are going to require, and the reason for that, and you know, audio people get this. If you're doing any kind of, you know, if, if you put anything under load, the closer you are to that that peak, or worse, you know, a lot of those power adapters that come with drives, when you first turn them on, they require the peak power that that adapter is able to provide, you know, just to get started. So if there's a peak power and then there's yeah. uh, an ongoing nominal output, you know, we don't want any of our drives to require, you know, going over, you know, what's nominal and it'd be like a stereo. The closer you get to the maximum, you never turn, well, I can't say never, but usually you don't turn a stereo up to 100% of its maximum volume. Right. And when you do, you hear a lot of static. I mean, things don't sound good. You can, you can burn out speakers, not because you're overpowering, but because of the static and the, uh, you Now I guess you cut the interference wave that starts to happen. You get massive distortion and the same thing kind of ha- happens with power sources. And by having larger power supplies, there's less stress on the power supply, which increases its longevity. And there's less stress on the electric, on the components inside our solution because the power is cleaner. And that's, you know, again, that that's just one of the uh, you know the parts of building something to last as opposed to being perceived as disposable. And a lot of the cheap stuff, even where there's warranty, nobody wants to use a warranty. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, you know, that's
0: it, true. Yeah, no, no one ever. That's true. <laughs>
1: I mean, people I talk to, people, they get used to things break. It's like, no, a drive shouldn't fail after a year. And it wasn't the drive that failed, it was the enclosure that failed. And then the headache, I and mean, well, it was only you know, 70 bucks or 80 bucks. It's like, yeah, your data was on it. It's the headache, the hassle, the time. Just I mean, a few dollars more, you'd have something that, you know, five or six or seven years down the road, it would still be rolling. And, you know, there is one other thing I didn't talk about in Thunderbolt 4 that I wanted to get on. There's sure. one other cool Thunderbolt 4 product or I should rather say a, a product with the name Thunderbolt 4 and those are Thunderbolt 4 cables. Definitely. Thunderbolt 4 cables are really a beautiful thing for everything that's type C. Now, I just want to say one of the number one, the, 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 the most things we get tech support calls on today has a cause, you know, that, that effectively it's, it's an issue with what type C cable the customer is using. Apple, for example, includes a really nice Type-C cable or has, I, I don't know about the current, uh, you know, I haven't tested the, uh, the M1 uh, laptop Type-Cs, but I don't believe anything's changed. And Apple's Type-C cables that they include with their power adapters very high quality, but they're for power only. When you try to use it for data, they only do USB 2.0 40 megabit speed, not even USB 3.0 speeds because they're a power cable. You know They weren't intended to be used for data. But you get this really nice cable, and you assume it's going to work for everything. Yeah. Whether it be a Type C dock, a Type C drive, or you try to use it with a Thunderbolt device, and you look at other Type C cables, even Type C cables that are data rated, you know, there's everything that we see offers is E-certified and you know truly rated. I mean, we list the specs; you can actually see the specs on the cable, which helps a lot. But there's a lot of stuff you can't identify what that Type C cable is. Now, even in the Thunderbolt three realm, you have passive. And active, active cables on Thunderbolt three can only support USB up to up to USB two speeds because it's everything else is for power and just for uh, the 40, just for Thunderbolt lanes. The passive cables will do ten gigabit uh, USB and and everything Thunderbolt. The nice thing about Thunderbolt. And I, again, I'm not trying to. I'm getting a little in the weeds and getting off. Getting way too much into
0: the details. No, but see, but th- this is that that uh, question that a lot of times, as you say, you, you get from a tech support perspective, and a lot of times we'll see on various fo- uh, social media forums people asking why their cable doesn't work. Right? They're using a USB-C cable as opposed to a Thunderbolt cable, and you know, just even just the delineation of the uh, the emblem here, right, dictates what that cable will actually do. So, no, I'm lo- loving this conversation. Keep, definitely keep going. Sure.
1: What gets worse? Some of the cheap, some of the, <laughs> the I'm worse. sorry, some of the cheap USB-C cables. You came, you have no idea what they are. They may actually allow for high power uh, transmission, but they might not be rated for it. I mean, there's all mm. sorts of, I would say, risks and just time wasting. Uh, I say inconveniences, but how to say, depending upon what your USB-C cable situation is. But you know, the worst thing is is when somebody calls in tech support because maybe they're bringing something back and forth between multiple locations. And it's hard to assume. I say hey, everything works great here, and then I—I I mean, we, I personally, and I was like, oh my gosh, I went around with you know a customer, you know, friend. I mean, there's no animosity. That went back and forth over a couple of weeks trying to figure out why our our, our USB C dock wasn't working with his MacBook, mm-hmm. his new MacBook Air. It's like you know, there's no—I re- mean, we've tested. There's absolutely zero reason. Well, it must be something new Apple did, and your dock's not compatible. It was kind of the, the back and forth, and. I, I threw my arms up. I, I actually handed it over to our, uh, our tech team, and you know, they went they went to product development. And something the customer had not mentioned was the two computers he was using between, you know, he was taking the dock. It wasn't the computer going back and forth. It was the dock going back and forth. as It was an error. I mean, assumption is something that, wow. least, you know, bites yeah, yeah. in the tail. But his air was one place. His MacBook was the other place. And he was taking the dock back and forth, and he was using the cable that came with his, well, Apple adapter. You know, text figured that out. You know, they had all my info, and that was the only thing that you know. They they double checked. It's something I should have done. And that's you know, with troubleshooting, you always eliminate everything that everything you know work you use to yeah, get the, down the to the smallest adapt. common what denominator. Is, yeah, and you can't assume that that's the process that's happened before you start talking to somebody. But that's what it was. It Was just the, the silly cable. So, and it half worked. The problem is with USB on the dock, there is enough bandwidth for things to kind of half work. If certain ports work, certain ports didn't work, it's like, what is going on here? But if you buy a Thunderbolt 4 cable, it does not matter you know, what device you connect it to or from. If it has a Type-C port, it will absolutely always give you 100% of the data and always up to 100 watts of power delivery. So it, don't even think twice. If it says Thunderbolt 4, and all of our Thunderbolt 4 cables list they the 40 gigabits, so there's no doubt of that, and also list that they're 100 watts, so you know that they're 100-watt certified So whether it's an iPad that you're charging or a Thunder Bay 4 or a Flex 8 that you need to connect to your, your new M1 Pro or, you know, it's an Android with Type-C that you're connecting up to. Whatever it is, if it has a Type-C port on it, That cable will always connect between the two devices and give you whatever the maximum power that's supported between the two, whichever one is obviously the limiter and whatever bandwidth, you know, the device or the host can support. So it's, it's, it won't make a Thunderbolt product work on a, on a USB-C product or on a USB-only host. I mean, it doesn't do that, but if the devices are compatible, the host and the device is compatible, you know, that cable, whatever you're doing, charging data, et cetera, will give you. Maximum power and maximum data rate is supported between those uh, the host and device.
0: That that literally clears up all the mud, right, right, right there, right uh, again for folks, because because that is a, a constant conversation of uh, head scratching right there. I so I'm gonna call Derek and I'm gonna tell him I'm replacing all my old cables right now with OWC <laughs> Thunderbolt four cables. <laughs> awesome. I, I, I'm placing my order uh, later on this afternoon, so so let let Derek know that I'm gonna be doing that. Folks, again, that, that really right there is one of the gems. Larry's been dropping some huge ones today. Let me let me ask you one another thing uh, before we go into a couple other topics, but and, and it's kind of around the content creation space and, and what you're doing. Uh, talk a little bit about the fast forward program that, that you have.
1: Certainly. You now we do understand there's a time when you know you go beyond direct attached storage, and we also look at the I mean, LTO is very expensive technology as well. And the fast forest that program now makes it, you know, it'll be, it's going to be expanded to all sorts of products, but mm. initially it makes your LTO drives, uh, you know, leaseable, rentable for short, for shorter, long periods of time. It also brings accessibility to the jellyfish and Jupiter as well, but the jellyfish in particular, which is, you know, really high end you know, work group collaboration for doing video production. I mean, the jellyfish is the, uh, the video team's dream, whether it's a corporate video department or again, major, uh, you know, what's picture? Or TV studios, etc. You know, that makes it. There's nothing like it in the market in terms of the kind of video support it provides, and the collaboration it enables. And the best part of it is, you know, you really don't need an IT team to make it work. I mean, it's designed so that you know, once and we, you know, there's we help get you started, but once you plug into it, you know, it auto detects your Macs or PCs, and you can all. It supports Adobe Premiere, Final Cut Pro. Uh, resolve workflows, but lets everybody connect, work simultaneously, even on the same, uh, check out the same video. It's super powerful too. And the fast forward program, it's really what you asked about, you know, is making these higher and more expensive products, you know, accessible for, you know, for project use, as opposed to having to buy, I mean, they are expensive as, and there's a, and reasonably for good reason, but if you don't need something, if you need it for three months, you need it for a year, it's a lot. A lot more economical than you know buying the the whole solution for the long haul
0: and I, I bring it up because again we we fingers crossed toes crossed. everyone's starting to get back to a point where we're getting out and, and publishing house development house uh, are, are, are doing those kinds of things so having this all-inclusive hardware as a service offering right for creative professionals i think is something that should should definitely be looked at and it's coming from a name we trust, folks, OWC. So t- take a look at this. I will make sure to include a link to uh, Fast
1: Forward in, in the show notes for sure.
0: Um, yeah, some projects
1: need an LTO. You can run an LTO now rather than have to buy yeah. one. So you can make that delivery to Discovery. It's too easy now. Mm-hmm. You're making
0: it too easy, right? That's, and That's I, what and we I can... try to do.
1: <laughs> you know, I tell people this. I mean this seriously. And we want to be the boring part of it. We want, to, we want to be the part that's easy. I mean, doing creative work, you know, is, I mean, all that is, that's, that takes a lot of energy and a lot of focus. And you don't need the distraction of technology or, you know, having to go to an IT department when you want to get things done. And, you know, we want, we really, you know, work to be that solution that you plug it in, you get it, we make it easy to get, you plug it in, and it does what it's supposed to do so that you can keep all your focus on what you need to do. And you know, that's
0: really what we're about. So we talked a little bit before we went live about some things that are coming down the pipe. And this could be a good opportunity. I would, I would not mind if you wanted to talk about what, what's coming down the pipe for OWC. You said there were some things happening next week that you were in, in preparation for. didn't know if you were at Liberty or, or wanted to, to share some of those, those things that you're, that you're working on.
1: Oh, we're just trying to make sure that, you know, like I already kind of let the mini stack out of the bag, the the new, uh, say the STX, that give you stores and a Thunderbolt uh, fork dock, especially all in one. But the you know, next week, of course, is that wonderful Black Friday, uh, say, uh, period in cyber, cyber week. It's, I can't say it's my favorite time of the year. It's <laughs> certainly an intense time of the year and you know, we're always working to make sure you got a, a few good, uh, uh, we've always got great products and great deals going for folks, but you know, nonetheless, you know, we're working very, very hard to make sure all that, all those items are in stock aligned and, Doing and available. And on the front end, I mean, we keep it, it looks, everything, you know, looks easy and cool and normal. Everything is in stock. I got to tell you on, on the, on the back end, behind the scenes, I mean, we're going, uh, you know, full tilt to keep everything moving in, making sure every delivery is on time. You know, you know, seeing those, those those hot drops you know, happen and you know, the, you know, we can keep those, those stock levels positive. And I will say for folks that are waiting for the Thunderbolt four dock or uh, the Thunderbolt uh, three, 14 port dock, <laughs> Thunderbolt four docks. If they have one in back, uh, those just shipped out. Uh, well, everything we have was pre-sold except for a couple that very quickly were out the door, right. but those got out the door last week and another shipment, you know, will arrive just before Thanksgiving. Awesome. So we should go actually positive for a, a short period of time. Same with the Thunderbolt uh, 14 port dock. You know, if you need one of those, you know, certainly I, I would. I mean, you, you can place a back order now. You can place a pre order for the the Thunderbolt the Thunderbolt 4 dock. The ETAs on those are accurate. You know, next week, you know, those will be back in stock. You know, unfortunately for a short period of time, and then it'll be another couple of weeks. And I really look forward to 2022. Hopefully, when, <laughs> you're ready to turn the you know, page we- too, right? <laughs> Well, again, I kind of talked about it earlier. You know, we have done so much to ensure we've got product flow. And then, you know, we retrained certain, you know, partners in areas where, you know, there were other gaps. I mean, we, we picked up the slack all over the place, but it's, it's, you, ha- you still got to you know, work through the lead times. So it will get better next year. And you know, hopefully we'll see other improvements. But nonetheless, you know, we're doing everything we can so you, know, you can get the technology you need for, you know, to make your workflows better.
0: Awesome. You know, we've awesome. got a lot of
1: great stuff. So, coming together, the right. Apple TV I think is one of our best deals right now. We've got, if you're looking for you know something that's fun, not you know something fun for home or well, could, Apple TV actually is pretty versatile for all sorts of you know, uses. But we've got the six. We've got brand new 64 gig 4K. They full Apple warranty, factory sealed. They even come with you know the, the three months of Apple TV Plus kind of wait cool. A but a minute, we're at 129 on those impaired, and that's for the 64 gig. I think that's less than the uh, the least expensive uh, thirty two gig out there. We did have the thirty two gigs for a while, but those are unfortunately those are gone. But so get sixty four gig for you know less than a thirty two gig uh, unit. Right, right, right not there. Not
0: I'm putting that under somebody's tree right there. Okay, I I, I do like that. I do like that.
1: Okay. Yeah, Good we to know. got fun stuff like that. Don't you? OWC, I mean, we make all this great stuff. Max sales. I mean, it's, we, you know, we cater and, and curate a, a pretty good product lineup in addition to our own branded products. So there's, there's something for everybody, you know, have, you know, work hard, play hard. Right.
0: That's it. You know, and uh, along those lines, I, I think we'd be, I'd also be remiss if I didn't, I, I, I just, before I let you go, I want to get into who Larry O'Connor is. And, and I know you've got a couple of things, a couple of initiatives that are near and dear to your, your heart. And just wondered if you could talk a little bit about, you know, those, you know, the, the Kiss the Ground initiative, about, you know, your, your your focus on on clean, quality, sustainable water for everyone, and just, just some of the things that, that drive you from a passion perspective as well. We, I, I know the company does and, and all of the entities around that, but some of the things that folks may not know about what you do on the side as well.
1: I could talk about this for you know, an we, hour. We can go another hour, hour, hour right? <laughs> I mean, this 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 could, I could go nonstop about kiss the ground. Uh, you know, we've gotten involved with charity water. You know, we're, at the core, I mean, we're about solutions. You know, not just things that you know are fluffy and and you know sound good or look good you know, on paper. Things that actually work well and are solutions for the real world. And really, uh, you know, got excited to get involved. With kiss the ground. You can see the movie. There's a movie. Uh, to say that's associated with the organization that you can watch on netflix you know called kiss the ground and kiss the ground is actually also a charitable organization right now they're doing fundraising to support regenerate america which is driving regenerative farming support into the 2023 u.s farm bill they've had great success in the uk and overseas with a lot of these initiatives and even in the us since the movie came out one year ago you know we went from less than 50,000 acres to over 20 million acres Mm. Either being farmed or being converted into regenerative farming, and it's kind of interesting because we focus so much on, you know, the use of carbon fuels, whether it's coal or oil, and when you look at the impact that, how we farm, you know, how agriculture is done today, it's pretty insane to see that you know this has been a far larger impact and a much bigger issue. We can stop. We have hundred you know, percent generating you know carbon tomorrow but if we don't actually sequester you know we still have the same problems that you know, we've already you know, brought ourselves to and the thing about kiss the ground you know, you know I've listened as I heard I think a few weeks ago that somebody suggested it's going to be a multi-train dollar industry you know and I consider this kind of dystopian that we have giant you know carbon dioxide sucking machines to remove the carbon dioxide and produce oxygen for the air. It's like, you know, this is, that's yeah. nuts. The best technology in the world is literally beneath their feet. Yeah. And it's pretty interesting when you look at the economics, you know, farmers have really been put in a bad position today, you know, very input dependent, you know, it takes, you know, two or three times the fertilizer, you know, on average per acre to generate the same yield as it did just a, a couple decades ago. Hmm. The other aspect are the pesticides, which kill the ground. You know, the fertilizer runoff, which is, you know, when you see what the, those big algae blooms are in the news that are doing the, the big red algae kills, you know, off the coast. That's from fertilizer runoff. You know, pesticides aren't exactly great for our health, to say the least. And mm-hmm. we'll get cancer. All these things, you know, we treat the symptoms and we point fingers at things. I mean, again, by no means does anybody want to see a, a bird or another, you know, you know, how to say, other wildlife on the shore covered in oil. And that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's just bad optics, but it's easy to put the focus on in that area as opposed to agriculture, which between pesticides and fertilizers, separation of livestock from, you know, from, from the grounds. I mean, where we use a huge amount of our agriculture to feed livestock that's kept separate from let's say the fields and whatnot. And in fact, on top of that, most livestock wasn't designed to eat you know, grain and corn to begin with. It's kind of interesting, you know, if you look at, you know, they, you know, people blame or one of the big blames out there is on you know, cattle and methane. And if you have, in, in, yeah, I can't, you know, the methane is, is something real and all, but grass fed and grass, all grass, that's, it's pretty much all cattle is grass fed, but grass finished where they've never been fed grains, you know, not only are properly managed uh, grass fed, grass finished, cattle carbon negative, there's a net sequester in terms of how they interact with with the ground, with the fields. I mean, simple things. I mean I didn't know this. You know, grass grows tall, it sends down long roots. Those roots are sequestering carbon, which support a biome underground, which ultimately makes the soil nutrient gives nutrients into the soil. There's symbiosis with different uh how do I say different uh I say organisms which are providing uh, you know nutrients to those grasses. When the cattle or anything comes in and, and, and eats that grass, you know and it cuts it short. You know those long roots drop. That carbon remains in the ground, and as you, know, you as they're rotated out, grass grows long again. More carbon sequestered. But separating, how uh, you know, to say, the uh, the agriculture from the livestock is a huge negative. I mean, you have dead ground you know, where these animals, how you know, to say of cysts while you're using pesticides and herbicides and all sorts of great stuff, you know, the grow and energy, the transport. I mean, there is such a, it's a big mess and converting the regenerative. And this is the best part. Now you end up with healthier food, food that's going to be more nutritious, measurably more nutritious, not have, uh, as I say, the impact of residual uh, pesticides, but the farmers can actually, while maintaining the same, caloric output per acre, you know, growing the same. I mean, as far as a a food density, how you may say, you know, you're not used to modern farming does all modern regenerative farming is competitive in terms of output, but the farmers actually do a lot better as well. Their income per acre goes up. They, you know, aren't, you know, barely getting by like they are on the, where they're dependent on, you know, paying the big, the big ag companies, you know, for those inputs. It's, it's a tip. It's, it's all sorts of stuff. I mean, the oceans another you know, whole other you know, you know big mess. We could spend another a uh, whole bunch of other time. It's you know we focus on the that. plastic. I love it. The plastic straw <laughs> was a big focus. You so, know, it's like ban the straw. It's like okay, and you know, hey, fine, I, I get it. You know, turtle. I think you know all started with a turtle with a straw in its nose kind of gig. But it's such a small part of the actual problem. I mean, a success. It feels good, but the impact of banning the straw is doesn't solve the, the much, much bigger problem that exists out there. There's actually another interesting thing. They talked about the horizon oil spill, you know, mm. some, article, some research, and the amount of marine life that killed over three months is less than gets killed in a day you know, by the large uh, commercial fishing operations. Mm. I don't remember the guys catching by line or the small boats. I mean, these giant commercial trawlers that you know, put up nets bigger than a football field. That bring that effectively raise the I mean they, they raise the, the the bottom of the ocean in addition to bringing up unintended catch which is effectively tossed back dead yeah. which outnumbers by a long a wide margin what actually gets to market you now we have had this world of abundance but you now there are practices that certainly are threatening uh, the future and another thing if, if we want to get in the carbon I'm, I'm going to stop because I I, I, I
0: love I, I see I see you lighting up too right and I'm, I'm loving it I love it.
1: I just find it interesting, yeah. you know, the, the coral reefs, I mean, there's, it's not just, you know, rising temperatures that affected the coral reefs, you know, some of the large scale fishing that was been close to, you know, these reefs wiped out fish populations, but mm. the fish populations, you know, there was nothing mm. to fertilize and support those reefs. I mean, you basically, you know, took their food source away, whether it was, you know, the, the fish race or the fish themselves, no fish population, there's nothing there keeping that reef, you know, healthy. So it's, you know, we point, it's just, I mean, we point at this, I'm not, you know, we have solar, uh, you know, and I, well, I will say one other thing. I am a huge proponent of solar on-site. Solar on-site, you know, wind is a little more complicated. We did wind, you know, back in 2009, I think it was, I am happy with that choice, but that's a different scale. But solar today, you know, for for most areas, for a lot of areas, certainly in the U.S., is very efficient and very beneficial on-site. You know, these subsidized solar farms and even wind farms that are offsite, you know, you look at Texas last year, you're able to talk about, nobody wants to say bad about green, but Texas has grown immensely over the last decade. Mm. And our power dependency, you know, there's not been new gas plants put in, there's not been new, you know, nuclear is where it's at, coal hasn't been expanded, not saying that, you know, coal is, you know, a fantastic thing. But it's been solar and wind, and when we got to February earlier this year, and we had now the 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 crazy freeze of the the century, right? Solar was no sun. Solar was offline and covered with snow and ice. You know the wind turbines hadn't been winterized. They went offline, and whereas Texas has about twenty five percent of its power today uh, driven by or provided by renewables, during those couple weeks it dropped to less than five percent, and there wasn't power for people. And you know that was a real bad thing on top of that, we have the Permian Basin where you know, like there's such all these things are interconnected. You now they cancel the Keystone pipeline. that means there's actually more pumping happening in the Permian Basin, also by the way, less trucks for hauling goods because they're still hauling oil down from Canada, just which is less efficient than you know, more you know carbon impactful than you know putting it through a pipeline. But it also means there's more uh, oil still being pumped in Texas, the Texas Permian Basin, where we don't have natural gas infrastructure for all the gas that, you know, also is kind of, I mean, it's just, it's there with the oil. And if you've ever driven, you know, through the Permian Basin, through uh, West Texas, it's insane. I mean, at night, I mean, all the flaring that goes on. I looked at it, it it's 70 million cubic feet of natural gas methane a year that's flared. Wow. And the reason being there's not the infrastructure, there wasn't the capital, there wasn't the demand support to put infrastructure in for it. It's like, well, why don't they build the damn power plant out there and the use your <laughs> local? Well, the subsidies on, on wind and solar, which a lot of that comes from overseas. I mean, it's not manufactured here. It's not even the most efficient stuff, but the subsidies, you know, the best analogy that was given to me, it'd be like you know, your favorite restaurant you've You've been going to. They always, you know, they're consistent. They always have, you know, great, you know, whatever it is you like. It's, I mean, the, the food is great. And then a restaurant opens up right next door, and you don't have to pay to go there. They pay you to go there, <laughs> and that's that's kind of what's happened wow. with wind and solar you know, subsidies. And again, I think solar on site fantastic. You know, solar, uh, you know, where we've subsidized and you know, basic. I mean, it's pretty. I mean, made it impossible for. Call it reliable power to compete, and where you, you know, and you go to the Permian Basin, we're flaring, we're burning this gas. And when you burn methane in this way, it's eighty to ninety percent efficient, meaning that ten to twenty percent of that methane ends up in the atmosphere. Mm. And Russia actually has the same thing; they they flare. I mean, an estimated 200 million cubic feet a year. It's it's crazy these things that, that go on. If you're burning in a natural gas plant, though, you would actually be collecting that and, and and you put up a facility. It's a hundred percent efficient. You don't have any methane being released. I mean, there's all, again, it's there's the, the, the superficial stuff and then there's what's really going on under. And, you know, I think it's great. The direction and the improvements in renewable and we're, I'm a big proponent for renewable, but I think it's more, I think we still need to have that mix. You can't demonize how to say carbon fuels. And say so everything's got to be solar. I mean, that that has other costs, and there's costs in manufacturing. There's costs, and you know that we're really not talking about. You know, the wind turbine we have, you know, was it came from overseas. It was actually it was a, it was a 500 kilowatt Vestas. You know, we got it because Denmark went uh, larger. They went uh, 750s or, or one kilowatt or one megawatt, and we brought this over. It was we rebuilt it, and that's what you know that that we for a while, I mean, we've grown and we have more demand. But for a while, that we were able to put out just from the wind turbine, you know, more than you know the power we consume. That you know, okay. is solar and such, so we could keep that. But you know, to the uh, to the point, you know, it's that we subsidize that we over subsidize this one area. You know, we've kind of it, it sounds good. and renewables sounds great, but when you have effective, when you have natural gas is very clean, carbon dioxide which you can sequester. If you've absolutely, uh, you absolutely, know, you can absolutely sequester, I should say, on those plants and water vapors, what you get from burning natural gas. And rather than support that, you know, seeing those sorts of, and we have an abundance. I mean, there's literally 3,000 years supply of natural gas estimated in the Permian Basin alone. So we have these very efficient, clean, you know, options, but nobody's building to use those because, again, it's, you, know, you have to pay to go to that restaurant. But yeah. you know, over here, you know, as long as the sun is shining, you know they'll pay you to Come walk in the door. Come
0: it's,
1: on. <laughs> that's see, tough.
0: And and I appreciate you going down that, right? And and I brought the question up because I wanted for we we know the technical side. We know the bits and bytes and zeros and ones of of, of Larry O'Connor and, and O W C but I wanted to really see the 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 man behind the scenes, right? And and kind of the values and the moral and kind of the things that you stand for as well. And I think that resonates and helps folks and align to who you are and what it is that you you do and how you lead your organization. So I, I, I appreciate you going into that. I'm gonna get you on another show. We're we're, we're going to talk about this stuff here too, man.
1: Well, um, Love to. But look where OWC is located. We're in the the heartland. I mean, we're well, yeah, the country. because yeah. you you started
0: in was it Indiana? No.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Rango, yeah. Illinois. Uh, that's Illinois. That's Good right. I, I
0: started in Illinois. Yeah.
1: So. Bottom line is, when it, I mean, we have the opportunity to certainly leave this place, you know, better for our kids. And look, I've gotten great enjoyment of the outdoors and you know, everything that, you know, I, again, just it's, it's, it's here, period. I want to make sure it's here for you know, those that come after. Certainly those come after me. You're a good man.
0: You're a good man. Appreciate that. Sir, I will c- include all of the links to all of the relevant OWC uh, properties uh OWC.com primarily. Uh I will also include link to Kiss to Ground and and the the Netflix show as well. I've got it in my in my cart or my list to watch. I I thank you for your time. Uh happy belated birthday to you. Um you you know all all that stuff, right? I, I you, you're you're a good man, Larry. I mean, and, and you're doing good things, and you, you've done good things for creatives and for technologists and folks within the industry for over thirty or so years. So, uh, your your products that you put out are phenomenal. I I'm glad I opened up this uh, this drive here while you were on the screen. I'm I'm gonna start moving data <laughs> over tonight for sure. And I think yeah. you know. And I got this travel doc too, so I'm I'm definitely gonna put put that to use uh, when I go to. Vegas here in in a, in a few weeks for. I didn't for, even for,
1: mention that product. One of my favorite. It, honestly, I mean yeah, that goes. Right. Right so right I, with again,
0: it. I was gonna do an unboxing here, but you know, but uh, you know, I got the man on the screen. But I I'll be cognizant of your time, and we won't go into it. But uh, yeah, the OWC USB C travel dock. It's got every port on it. It, it, it. I don't need anything else. Card readers. It's got USB A and USB C HDMI. Supports up to 4K. Are you kidding me? no
1: you can hold on too.
0: i'm gonna make sure no one sees this i'm gonna hide this from my kids all right there we go better better larry thank you sir appreciate you uh have a wonderful day uh good luck with everything good uh black friday good luck with everything with the new release of the new uh products and things of that nature you heard them here first folks um but um outside of that anything you want to say sir in closing
1: no, just thanks for having me, James. And hey, I mean, this is why we're here. We would not be here without you and, and every everybody out there. So you know, thank you for the opportunity. And you know, we look forward to continuing to earn that trust and, and being your solution provider.
0: Thank you, sir. Be well to yourself. Take care, everyone.